0: Six Ways to Recover from a Bad First Impression with my friend John Corcoran. This is Coaching for Leaders, Episode 169. Produced by Innovate Learning, Maximizing Human Potential. Greetings from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help us all be better leaders through improved communication, human relations, and personal leadership. And if you're a regular listener, you may be wondering, well, hey, isn't this supposed to be the Q&A show here at the beginning of the month? Yes, it is. Unfortunately, uh, we went through a huge spate of sickness in our family over the last week. And while everyone is now... Feeling Better, it became logistically undoable for Bonnie and I to get together in the studio to record the Q&A show. We have all the questions ready to go. A bunch of you have sent them in and we're actually full on questions. So that show is going to air next week with episode 170. Apologize for the delay on that, but it is coming next week. And so I am moving this show up that was going to be episode 170 to this week, which is a interview I've previously recorded with my pal John Corcoran. This is John's Third appearance on the show, and we're airing this as a joint episode on this show and also on his show, Smart Business Revolution. And if you haven't heard John on the show before, he is an attorney here in California and he's also a former staffer in the Clinton White House. He writes about business networking and social skills for a blog called The Art of Manliness. So we're going to be talking about an article he wrote recently on that. He also has a free 52-page guide, which you can download, called How to Increase Your Income Today by Building Relationships with Influencers, Even if You Hate Networking. And it's actually one of the things that got John on my radar screen initially, because it's a really well-put-together guide. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes, and John will mention a way to grab that at the end as well. So here's my conversation with John. Hey everyone, Dave Stahoviak here from Coaching for Leaders, and I have John Corcoran on the line who is with Smart Business Revolution. And John, we're at it again, another joint episode between us.
1: Another joint episode. Yeah, last time we were talking about our impending births. We were both, both our wives were due around the same time with our second child. And uh, this time, something completely different, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. How to recover from a bad first impression. And you had written this great article a couple of months ago on a blog called The Art of Manliness, which I was joking with you around the time that I, hadn't, I had not heard of it before, which I guess means I may, may not be as manly as I need to be, um, but uh, a really popular blog. And uh, you had been so kind to reach out to me to, uh, to talk about the article in advance and had quoted me in the article. And we both thought it would be really a great, uh, a great topic for both shows is when you have that, make that bad first impression, what are the kinds of things you can do in order to recover from it?
1: Right, and and that's the kind of stuff that I write about for Art of Manliness is, is the kind of real world, uh, how do you react to to uh, when something happens, uh, like you make a bad first impression or like you, you meet a neighbor and you don't get along well. Um, and and so you had some great advice in that article about uh, how uh, what to deal with it, what to do in the immediate aftermath uh, or longer term. Um, how to build relationships with someone who maybe it's someone you met at a conference or uh, someone that you met around town uh, or someone in, in an organization that you belong to. What do you do when that happens? Mm. Uh, so I think we're going to be diving into there's six concrete uh, strategies that we talk about in the article. And so I think we're just going to march through and and, and give uh, the listeners of both of our shows some tips on how they can deal with a uh, bad first impression
0: yeah and I guess I'm thinking here just at the front end, John of saying, you know this is something we've all done uh we've all we've all we're all human. we've all had times where we've said something or maybe even later on an hour a day, you know, a week later, we think about an interaction we've had with someone that maybe was a really important connection for us to make or an important relationship, and we think, ooh, you know, I kind of blew it on that on that first interaction, and what do I do? How do I approach that and it's it's awkward. It's awkward sometimes to know what's what's the right way to even start off addressing right. it or, or right. not.
1: And I, and I think people should know that it, it's, it's human. We all do it. Um, a lot of times when you're trying to make a good first impression because it's someone that you want to impress, maybe it's an interview, maybe it's someone who you want to work with, maybe it's your future in-laws. Um, it happens to all of us. And so oftentimes we're racking our brains. Okay, do I say something now? Do I wait? Should I do a thank you? You know, an apology note? Should I send flowers? Depending on the severity of the situation, or oftentimes it's kind of in a gray area. It's, uh, you know, it's an in-between kind of, Maybe, maybe I made a bad impression. Maybe that joke just didn't go over right. And so oftentimes I think we struggle with how we should react.
0: Yeah, and this actually is a great lead into the first point that you made in the article, and I know was one of the things we had talked about when you were thinking through this article and and doing the um, doing the brainstorming for it of deciding whether or not to even take action. And you know, I think we I think all of us owe ourselves some grace on hey, we're not always going to nail a perfect first impression. And does it? even makes sense to spend the time or the mental energy to try to address something. Now, like you said, if it if it's a key relationship, you know, if it's a future in-laws or uh, our next boss or something like that, it 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 probably really does make sense to think about, okay, how am I going to address making a a poor first impression. And there's also a lot of times in life that, you know, we just sometimes just need to let something go and say, you know what? I don't I don't need to worry about this or obsess about it. I didn't make the greatest first impression in this particular business situation or this at this particular meeting, and probably I'm more worried about it in most cases than the other person was, or maybe didn't even notice it. And so, to really, really kind of do that checkpoint up front of saying, "Hey, is it is it even makes sense to really take time to think through how I need to take action on this?"
1: And I think that's a good way of framing it to think about. Um, You know, would is this really making a big impact on the other person, especially if it's oftentimes maybe it's someone who's a little bit famous or just famous within your industry. And so they meet a lot of people. They may not be thinking twice about the impression that you made on them. And so uh, pointing it out to them might just uh, highlight it in a way that they didn't even notice. So I think that's an important first question for people to ask, whether they uh, whether whether you should even do anything, and then of course uh, moving along, the next question is if you do decide that you should do something, do it swiftly, apologize immediately, or take action quickly. Um, and it doesn't need to be something you dwell on. It doesn't need to be something that you spend a lot of time on. But maybe uh, how would you do it, Dave? Do you, would you just very quickly say, you know, I just want to. Uh, say that uh, I, I feel like my my joke went over flat, and I apologize for that. Or, or how would you handle it?
0: You know, I think it depends on the situation. Uh, you and I, this is actually our second take on the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, so I started off and I made some sort of funny reference to like, uh, you know, I, I care about you, John. Something, And it just totally landed flat. And <laughs> it was so bad that I said, all right, let's stop and let's actually start the recording again because that was just awful and awkward. Um, and you know what? It, it, you acknowledge it and you move on. Um, and I think that there's a key piece to that of doing it quickly when you're in the moment and you realize it, and you just say, "All right," rather than pushing forward on something that's not working or that just didn't land right, of saying, "Oh, sorry, that was really awkward," and just and just be done with it, especially if it's a little thing like that, um, and 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 just and just move on and acknowledge it. And I, I think back to Dale Carnegie's principle of if you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. And if you can just sort of fall on the sword and say, "Hey," um, you know, I screwed up. <laughs> that wasn't the best thing to say. If you realize it in the moment, which we don't always do, but if you realize in the moment, is just address it right there, and then it doesn't have to be a big thing.
1: Yeah, and of course, this is—it's um, easier depending on your personality. Some people really struggle with apologies; they view it as a sign of weakness, uh, or there might be cultural issues. There might be. Ah, uh, pride issues. And so sometimes people struggle with that. But I think that you can actually enhance your credibility with someone. It shows confidence in yourself if you're willing to say that joke fell flat uh, or I was trying too hard there, or yeah. I, I feel like I came on too strong. Uh, I, I'm sorry about that. Um, I know that when people do something like that, that gives me uh, it g- makes me hold them in in high regard because, they obviously have confidence enough in order to do that. And it also shows that they care that you care about them. And so that's another important point.
0: Yeah, and it is is—it is absolutely human nature that none of us want to admit that we've done something wrong. Uh, And yet, to your point, John, i I feel the same way when someone comes to me and says, Hey, you know, I screwed up or I was wrong about this or I just don't feel like I approached this the right way or i or, or or maybe I've wronged you in some way i'm I'm really impressed by that most of the time. I mean that's that's something for me that's really a sign of of confidence in oneself and also humility and the ability to acknowledge that you're a human being. i more often than not when that's happened in my personal life or professional life, I, that's incre- that's strengthened the relationship I've had with that person and is something I've come to respect about them.
1: Yeah. and you know another point that I think I, uh, we should make is that you don't have to directly apologize in order to apologize. There are different forms of apology, one of which is to ask for the person's advice. That shows uh, a little bit of deference to the person's opinion. You know, you can say, like, oh, you know, why did you come to here? Or uh, what are you looking to get out of it? Uh, what do you think of this event so far? Um, it puts the attention back on them. Um, it, you know, and there, there are other subtle ways you can do it, too. You, you know, you can, um, if you don't want to formally apologize, you can say, can I get you anything? Can I get you some, a drink? At the, can I get you something at the food table? Um, you know, or there, without sounding like you're making excuses, you can you can maybe just explain that, oh, I just got here. I'm a little bit confused about the room location. I had trouble finding it. Um, and then those little pieces of information for the person that you're trying to make a good impression on uh, might explain why uh, you made the bad first impression in the first place. So it, do- it doesn't have to, if you're, if you're really uncomfortable with, an outright apology there are other more subtle ways you can show deference you can show respect without having to directly say uh, i feel like i i really made a bad impression with you which those words in themselves can be very difficult to say
0: yeah they can be and particularly if something just isn't a big deal or it's not worth maybe calling as much attention to like we talked about up front uh, you know some of those more subtle things can be appropriate in those situations. And you do a really good job, John, of kind of detailing this out in the article. And of course, we're both going to link to it in the show notes so people can can check it out as well. And I would add to that, uh, in addition to not instead of, I I do definitely believe, and I know you do, John, that there are times that when we clearly have wronged someone that saying the words, I apologize for this, is, is the right way to approach it. And, and and not to try to do one of those more subtler things when it is something where you're clearly in the wrong and you've done something that has offended someone or has clearly made them uncomfortable, that that, that is the time then to actually say those words.
1: Sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure we can all think of times where there was a customer service faux pas where you were at a hotel or a restaurant or something, something went wrong, and the person just wasn't able to get those words out. Yeah. just couldn't say I apologize and it's amazing the impact that they have so if you are one of those types of people who struggle with that then practice on a smaller level you know if something small happens to someone you've never met before someone in the grocery store practice apologizing so that in times when something bigger goes wrong you're able to say it because oftentimes it it can cause a real breach in a relationship if you don't actually use those words. Mm-hmm.
0: I, and I love that advice about of practicing and trying it out because uh, I, I do think a lot of people really struggle with just saying the words, I apologize, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm right. sorry I messed up. And and if you can start to get comfortable with doing that and you, you see the reaction from other people, then it isn't it isn't as big a deal when when you need to do it in, in a more serious situation. I mean, it's still a big deal, but it's not, it's not something you can't overcome.
1: Yeah. And you make the point in the article about uh, the difference between a, quote unquote, one-shot opportunity and uh, a, a meeting that is going to be longer or, or a relationship that is going to be longer. But if, if you're going into, let's say, a sales presentation where you have one shot with a particular company... Uh, or one particular meeting, and and that's it. You know, you only get that one shot. Then that weighs in favor of responding and apologizing very quickly, because you have no other opportunity. and if and if you bombed or you made a bad first impression, um, it it is wiser to just apologize and try and make amends, try and make up for the bad first impression, and to make something out of that opportunity
0: yeah and this is uh, it was funny when you first reached out reached out to me, John and we were talking about the title of this article. I was thinking, you know this is not something that I would consider a core strength of myself when I go out <laughs> go out into the world and go to events and and have customer meetings and 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 meet have build new relationships. Um, I I don't think I generally make a bad first impression, but I'm also not the kind of person that walks into a room and lights the place up by any means. Uh, I tend to be that quieter person. And I don't think I often make a stellar first impression on people when I meet them in person. And so I often will think about less about the first impression, although I do really think that's important. And by all means, we should nail the first impression if we can. But I also will think about, okay, now, what's the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth interaction? How do I long-term really demonstrate my, my true care for this person and my concern for them? And what actions do I take or not take that are going to be in alignment with that?
1: Yeah, and that gets to, that I believe is the sixth point in the article um, which you might as well mention now, which is about consistency. Yeah. Being consistent over time. And one of the ways that you can respond to a bad first impression is by demonstrating that you're sincere, demonstrating that you're consistent and reliable, and that the true uh, nature of who you are is perhaps quite different from the first impression that you made. And so there are a lot of people, I think, who who share that feeling that you have, Dave, that... Um, maybe they don't make the best first impression, particularly if they're meeting someone where there's a lot on the line or where they're meeting someone who they're intimidated by, someone who is uh, famous or quite successful or quite well-known. Um, you see it all the time. You see people who are who are meeting someone and they're intimidated by them. And the way that you can respond by that is is not worrying about that one time, worrying about two times, three times, four times, being consistent over time. It's one of the reasons that on my site I talk about creating conversations list which is a list of people 50 plus people that you want to have a conversation with over the next 12 months and I deliberately call it that because a lot of times people put a lot of pressure on themselves to make that great first impression when in fact what's more important is to have a conversation over time to make a an overall impression over a longer period of time and that's really those are the the greater relationships is ones that that stand the test of time.
0: And and by the way you're fabulous at doing that John. You regularly keep in touch and stay connected and I'm just amazed at how brilliant you are at being able to build relationships.
1: I mean you really do walk your talk on that both you know in person and online. Thank you sir. <laughs> so all right so let's move on to um one of the other points in the article which was when you do admit a mistake don't dwell on it and I had I was so excited to be able to use this I uh, used in the article, um, a a snippet from the movie Swingers from the mid 90s, which is a classic movie. I loved it. Um, if you've seen it, you you probably are cringing. There's a scene where Mikey, who's played by John John Favreau, he's just broken up with a girlfriend. He goes out with a bunch of friends, bar hopping, and he meets this girl that he hits it off with. And they have a scene where the friends are all saying, oh, don't call her, don't call her, you have to wait two days. And so he goes home that night, and against their advice, he decides to call her that night. And he calls, and this was back in the answering machine days, he leaves a message on her answering machine, and the first time he's cut off. And then he calls back to correct it, keeps talking, and he's cut off again. And he ends up calling like about a half dozen times, trying to apologize, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. He's, He's dwelling on it, is what happened. And so for any one who does have a situation where you make a bad first impression, just apologize and move on yeah. because uh, otherwise you might end up like Mikey.
0: Yeah, you've got to check out the article just for the clip of it. It, it cracked me up when I, uh, I I saw it recently again, uh, John and I'd seen the movie years ago. but yeah, it is just painful to watch because we've all been there. <laughs> you know we've all been somewhere where we're trying to make something better and we just way overdo it. So this is kind of the opposite of what we talked about earlier. It's the other end of the pendulum where, It's not that we're afraid to say sorry, but we just obsess about it and keep calling attention to something and keep bringing it up in the conversation of the relationship. And you just need to move on. Uh, You know, once if the apology has been said and accepted, it's time to move on and not obsess about it because then it becomes really awkward for everyone.
1: Right. And then the next question that people often have is... What do I do if time has passed? If a day has gone by, or a day and a half has gone by, or a week has gone by, and I'm still thinking, "Oh man, should I apologize? Is it too late?" You know, do you think that apologizing a day later, two days later, three days later, do you think that you should just let it go at that point?
0: Yeah, I would never say always or never on anything. So I think it depends. Of sometimes that day or two provides that perspective of like, okay, is this even worth calling attention to? Is it a? Is it? Was it a minor thing? Um, does it, is this an ongoing relationship? And although I would say if you're on the, if you're on the fence of, should I say something or should I not? I think a lot of times it's nice to say something and just say, Hey, you know, I, I said something a couple of days ago it when I thought about it later, it didn't quite land right with me. I just wanted to mention it. I had that happen recently where I, I mentioned something to someone over email, um, you know, something that didn't quite land right. And I thought about it two or three days later. I don't know why, why I didn't think about it in the moment, but two or three days later, I, I, I was thinking, hmm, you know, that wasn't quite the way I wanted to phrase that. And I mentioned it and, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but I felt better about it. And it was one of those things that I, I think I would have carried with me and just wondered if that was something the other person was concerned about. And I don't know if they truly were or not, but I had the conversation and at least the other party knew that that I, I cared enough to say something about it and to ensure that I hadn't offended them in some way. And, and ultimately, it, it worked out really well. And I think erring on that side is the side I'd rather be on than having said something and kind of wondering about it. And then they, someone mentions this that, you know, six months later, is like, you know, you said something really awkward to me. And are like, oh, wow, you know, I, I, I should have said something.
1: Yeah, boy, isn't that the worst when you hear about that later, you know? Or maybe you become good friends and they say, you know, you made a horrible first impression on me the first time and they mentioned something that you don't even remember, like you were picking your teeth or you know, something like that. Um, but I I think, you know, if it's a day or two later then and you're still dwelling on it, uh, you know, if if you can if you can do it and do it quickly, then it's you know, even if the person thought nothing of it. You're probably not going to lose anything from apologizing a day or two or a week later. Um, the person's probably not going to think any less of you if you do it quickly. Uh, I mentioned in the article my friend Kevin Waldron, who's a a business coach. And you know he's he gives an example of what he'll do if you know a day or two later, he'll call the person back up and say and just kind of say something in a joking way. He'll say in my and he's Scottish. So he said in my poor attempt at Scottish humor, I said something about your mother and I didn't mean it that way. So it's just my poor attempt at humor. And what I like about that is it's self deprecating and it also explains without um, sounding like you're making excuses. Uh, and it's quick and it's quick as well. So that, that's a good way to handle it if some time has gone by.
0: Yeah. And I think the only danger with, um, the apologizing later is, you know, like we talked about earlier of just dwelling on something or becoming obsessive about it. So say it and then move on, like you said. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's just hard to imagine a situation unless you get obsessive about it where offering an apology, even after the fact, is going to be harmful to a relationship. And, and oftentimes it's something that, you know, I think the other party often finds that is really helpful in just knowing how you care and that you
1: were thinking about them and that you want to make sure that you didn't offend them in some way right absolutely and then the fifth point that we cover in the article is about pivoting so if you have a a a bad first impression and you have thought about uh, apologizing maybe you have apology uh, apologized or not you've admitted your mistake but you haven't dwelled on it you're moving on um And you hit the point of what to do next, oftentimes pivoting can uh, help you move on with the relationship. And it's simply uh, focusing your attention, focusing your conversation on a different aspect of your personality that can help to reshape the person's perception of your character or of your worth. And I give an example, actually, from my life from uh, my grandfather, who my grandfather, John the I, I'm actually the third, uh, was a World War II uh, B-17 pilot during World War II, and he was with the Army Air Corps, and he was at 20 years old in 1939. He was at the World's Fair in Queens, New York. He spots this attractive young woman, whose name was Peggy Gallagher, sitting on an information booth. He walks right up to her, and he says he needs some information. She asks, uh, what do you need, and he asked if she would have dinner with him that night, and so that ended up being my grandmother that's how they awesome. met. It turns out she was actually a a model in the Billy Rose Aquacade show, uh, which was like a a wa- uh, a bunch of models and waterworks and and uh oh wow kind of like a you know choreographed show girl type thing that they did in the twenties you know um, and so uh what what ha- ended up happening though is that um she was she was initially turned off by him but then um after i guess he she gave him a shot and she he ended up winning her over with his personality and sense of humor and so it basically pivoted you know he got past the initial bad first impression um and showed other aspects of his personality
0: yeah and that's something that i, I think you know i I know that there's this this phrase out there, John, where people say, and it's been popularized of, you know, it's not business, it's person, or it's not uh, it's not personal, it's business. <laughs> Let me get it right. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just I've always been a big believer that you know business is personal, and that it's it's our lives, it's the kinds of things we choose to do with our time and our talents, and that it's 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 perfectly acceptable. In fact, I enjoy it when people bring their personalities and their interests into the the business relationships. And you learn about someone and you see more aspects of their personality other than just the role or the leadership capacity that they're in or being the representative for the business or whatever. I I mean, I really enjoy learning more about people than just their professional professional connection with me, whatever that is.
1: I totally agree with that. Um, I think one final point that uh, is made in the article. And then I think we should sum up the the six points again, just to make sure everyone has them. Uh, the final point, which I think we've already uh, we've already articulated here today is just uh, at a certain point, first impressions are not last impressions. And you have to move on from that initial meeting, no matter what happened, no matter whether you apologized or didn't, you can't let it continue to color the way that you behave around this person or group of people, um, and you have to move on and 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 still be yourself, because if you aren't, then you don't have a chance of continuing to develop that relationship, because it's the relationship's not going to flourish from that point forward. So at some point, you just need to continue to move on. I'm glad
0: you mentioned that, because while I'm impressed by someone who makes a great first impression like anyone... I really value much more the long term relationship from a person. And if that is there and they put forth that continual care and effort into developing a relationship with me, I'd often don't even remember the first impression. It's that that long term care and concern that is the kinds of things that make me want to engage with someone long term, not that, you know, what they said that
1: that first meeting. Right. So, all right. So, summing up the points that we discussed here today, we have six strategies for recovering from bad first impression. Number one, decide whether or not to take action. Number two, take swift swift action if you do take action and apologize immediately. Number three is admit your mistake, but do not dwell on it like Mikey and Swingers did. <laughs> and if you
0: want some inspiration, go check out the three-minute video because it'll, <laughs> it'll remind you of that.
1: I'm definitely embedding that in the show notes. Um, uh, Number four, apologize later, even if time has passed. It's okay to do a quick apology, even if it's been a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Uh, Pivot, move on, and talk, show off other sides of your character, other sides of your personality, and then finally, number six is to be consistent over time. To continue, uh, the best way you can correct a bad first impression is showing through your actions how you care. Later, as you said in the article, Dave.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's like having a bank account, John. You know, it's it's not what you do on any one particular day. You may make a big deposit one day, but if you're always making withdrawals every week after that, you know, you're going to zero out your bank account pretty fast. But if you're making consistent deposits. And once in a while, you have a withdrawal for something that, you know, you make a bad impression. That's not going to be a big deal because it's about the long term and the consistency. And like you said, I can't say it better myself. First impressions are not last impressions. That's right.
1: Well, thank you, Dave. This has been fun.
0: Hey, I feel the same way. And hey, by the way, thanks for being so great and consistent over time. You're you're a real example for that for a lot of folks, John.
1: Uh, I feel the same way about you, Dave. So for everyone who's listening to this uh, through my end of the podcast, since this is a joint pod- podcast, Dave, tell people where they can learn more about you.
0: Oh, thanks, John. Yeah, coachingforleaders.com is the place to go and you uh, can connect there with the show or just find it on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you normally listen at Coaching for Leaders. Just do a search, that's easy. And uh, John, on your end, for my listeners, uh, I know you... Are running your uh, your show as well, Smart Business Revolution, and so uh, smartbusinessrevolution.com dot slash coaching for leaders. If people want to grab the book, right?
1: That's right. I've got a free fifty-two page guide called "How to Increase Your Income Today by Building Relationships with Influencers," even if you hate networking, and it's really about how to build relationships with. Uh, anyone who is influential to you, someone who you look up to, someone who you admire, someone in your local community, or someone who's internationally famous, how you can build relationships with them uh, in a sincere way. So great, Dave. This was fun. We have to do it again.
0: Absolutely.
1: Thanks, John, for your wisdom. More frequently than every six months, too.
0: Oh, I'm I'm definitely for it. I'm game. Talk to you real soon. I made mention in our conversation that John's really a brilliant networker. That is something he's just fabulous at doing, keeps up his relationships amazingly well. I have a lot to learn from him, actually. And so if that's something that's of interest to you as well, make sure you check out the previous conversation we had when John appeared on the show the first time back in episode 106. The title of that show is How to Create Your Personal Networking Plan, and we talk in detail about his plan for that. It's a really solid one. And I'll also put a link here in the show notes to grab John's book for free, smartbusinessrevolution.com slash leaders. And it's a great resource, as I mentioned, for tapping into building your professional network and looking at some good ways to do that. And, uh, and you're learning from someone who has done it very well himself. I hope you also join the conversation about this episode. Maybe there's something we left out or a different perspective you have certainly jump in at coachingforleaders.com slash 169. That's the best way to uh, join the conversation in the comments. Uh, also, always open to your comments, questions, or feedback for this show or any of the future Q&A shows coming up. Coachingforleaders.com slash feedback is the way to do that. And as I mentioned on the front of the show, the next Q&A show normally is the first Monday of the month, but it'll be next week episode number 170 on strategy. Uh, We do have uh, questions already filled for that show, but certainly send in questions. And if we have an overflow, we'll just use it for the next Q&A show coming up in January. So send in your questions. Always thrilled to hear from you. And uh, very much looking forward to that conversation with Bonnie next week. And uh, thanks so much to those of you who have subscribed to the weekly update in the last week. Uh, Those of you who get the weekly update get the podcast show notes in your email box on Wednesdays. You'll also get an article or a guide from me each week. And uh, I had sent out last week my recommendations for podcasts, the ones that I subscribe and listen to regularly. And so check that out if you missed it. And also be doing some uh, some new things in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to hearing your feedback on that. Uh, but thank you this week to those who have subscribed. And that is Sanjay Prithani, David Gunawan, Simone Damascene, Chris Snykas, Kadigi uh, N- Duge, I hope I said that right, or at least close. Charlene Haynes, Michelle Sugarman, Armando Riviera, Sri Nair, Marco Pirobin. Melody Kranz and Declan Coyle. Thank you so much for joining the weekly update. If you'd like to receive that as well, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. in addition to getting that in your email box every Wednesday, you'll also get instant access to my guide on the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others including two books that I rely on weekly. We made mention of one of them in this episode, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is where that principle comes. If you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. Good advice for professional life, even better advice for your personal life. Hey, have a great week, and I look forward to talking with you next week for the Q&A show. Take care.